Hello, everybody. Today, we're going to take a little walk down memory lane for one of the most nostalgic yet kind of timeless games that have existed out there. We're going to talk about The Sims. I can't remember a time where I haven't had The Sims in my life, whether it's Sims 1 or Sims 4. I've learned a lot from this game. And so if you haven't played The Sims before, it is a... Actually, let me look this up because I don't want to get it wrong. How do people describe The Sims? The Sims is a series of life simulation video games developed by Maxis and published by Electronic Arts. The franchise has sold nearly 200 million copies worldwide and is one of the best-selling video game series of all time. That's from Wikipedia. It's a life simulation you create sims which are essentially humans you create sims you create humans you create a family you can choose their job you can make their house you can pick their appearance all of the above there are so many different aspects to this game and i feel like i've learned a lot through this game but i've also if you haven't played the sims before and by the end of this episode you want to play the sims then i would have succeeded in getting you on the train as everyone and myself. I feel like we have to definitely begin where this all came about. Um, a short while ago, I was talking to my friends Sophie and George, and I think it was pretty late into the night in terms of I was starting to lose consciousness. It was probably like nine-ish. George was playing some soundtracks on his computer, and he was really going into the nostalgic kind of portion of these soundtracks. We played soundtracks such as Little Einstein's. I don't know if you've heard of this TV show, but it used to be a kid's show and there's a really catchy theme song to it. So we were playing that. He started playing The Sims soundtrack. And this is where I just get all sorts of flashbacks. Like this soundtrack, once it plays, really sends me back. When I say that I had no other hobbies as a child other than to play Sims and maybe read, that's really all I did as a kid. And so growing up, The Sims always had a specific kind of chokehold over me. We began playing The Sims 1 soundtrack and then it eventually became The Sims 2 soundtrack and Sims 3 and The Sims 4. Whilst the soundtrack is playing, George, Sophie, and I were all recounting kind of moments of The Sims where we learned several things from The Sims. And then it traveled into George talking about just an absurd kind of incident where his Sim got burgled and then the Sim that got burgled married the burglar. And whilst um, the sim was being beaten up by the burglar at first, there was a wild horse in the background because he has an expansion pack. Anyway, and it kind of really got me thinking, you know, 
there are a lot of people that have played the sims and sims one i think my dad gave me sims one to play whilst he was at work or going somewhere just to keep me occupied I mean, let's think about why The Sims was actually so enticing and so just consuming for a child or a teenager or even just a young adult. Growing up, The Sims was extremely inviting to me because it was a gateway to having autonomy as a child and it was autonomy that had consequences but they were virtual consequences so they weren't actually real right and you were learning trial and error and making mistakes and i feel like with the sims if anything as a child you're learning that there is value to making mistakes there is always room for mistakes to be made I remember in Sims 2, for each career, you would occasionally get a question that would pop up and you would have to answer um, an option A or an option B. And depending on what you chose, it would give you a promotion for your Sim or it would actually get you fired. I mean, that's one example of how The Sims kind of tries to make you just be more open to mistakes and making them at least through your sim. I don't know. Um, That's how I thought about it. And I think The Sims has this thing where, I don't know, like the first time I played The Sims, I didn't know that the Grim Reaper was a concept or a thing. I didn't even know what a Grim Reaper was um, until I played The Sims. I learned a lot of terms. Um, But yeah, so like we played um, The Sims and I remember very distinctly, I played for the first time and I was, I think it was during like a time where my dad just kind of gave me The Sims because he recently bought it and he thought it would be good for me to just, I don't know, be stimulated by something for a few hours. But as I was playing, I kept getting visits from the Grim Reaper and I had no idea. So all I saw was like a hooded figure, right? Like, and he would always come in and I was starting to get really stressed out because why the heck? is this dark hooded figure still coming into my home like no matter how many times I restart the game. I think down the line I realized oh I have to actually feed my sim and look after them and make sure that they have all their needs met. I think the need that I paid less attention to because it would always come around anyways was the social bar. Um, It just it didn't have any effect on their performance from where I saw it, which is really bad. But yeah, so I think I remember hunger was one of the main ones, Um, obviously bladder and think fun. If the fun meter was really down, they'd just be so unmotivated. Oh, and hygiene and all of that. Like there are all of these basic needs and you're kind of given an open window to how you can maybe just look after a sim in that way. But yeah, if anything, I think as a child, you are given this game where you can have total control over everything, like from jobs to a house. And for me as a kid, having the opportunity to create my own dream bedroom was amazing to me. Like I could make a house and make my own room, you know, decorate it the way I want. Oh my god, like just saying this right now, I want to play Sims, which I know is not the point of this episode, but I really want to play The Sims right now. And I think making your own space, I loved building houses in The Sims. I think that was what made it so... I kept coming back to it because I kept wanting to make a house. And I think the more expansion packs you manage to have, I think for Sims 3, I managed to have the Island Paradise one and there were houseboats and I thought that was really cool and I wanted to make like a moving, cozy home. It's really playing on your ideal and 
creating that ideal, whatever it is. One of the most fun parts about The Sims is you can create characters that aren't necessarily great to begin with and they can make mistakes and you kind of get to see, you know, you are in charge of the sim that's made mistake and what you can do about it later on. But yeah, I really enjoyed just having that full control and I think a lot of teenagers don't think they have control over their own lives, right? I loved how The Sims kind of also passively would teach me things. So for example, acquaintances is a word that I learned from The Sims. And I learned that acquaintances happen first and then friends and then really best friends. And I also learned that you have to pay bills. <laughs> um, There's also at some point when I played The Sims University when I was literally in secondary school. It was really fun for me because I was like, what? Is this really what university is like? And then I learned the word semester from The Sims. I learned a lot of words from The Sims. And now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, wow, like this is actually a learning tool for kids, which is amazing. I personally feel like we don't give The Sims enough credit for how much we actually learn from The Sims. Whether or not it's a bizarre situation that we are playing, it is what it is, you know? And I think everyone plays The Sims differently, right? So I just want to tell you about how I used to play The Sims in terms of my routines and habits that have somehow existed when I was playing The Sims. Um, I had my own routines. So I would definitely build the house. I would also always buy the same plot. It was either one or the other. There was always one with like a little slope. There was also one which was just completely flat and I would kind of flicker between the two. And I think, yeah, so I would build first. So I'd move the um, family into the empty lot and then I would build the lot, make the walls first, and then I would make the doors and then I would make the windows um, and then I think I would do the flooring and then I would do the wall and then I would do the it was always the kitchen and the bathroom first that I would decorate and then I would choose maybe the dining room or the living room and then by then I would choose the bedroom or the study the study in the bedroom so it was always kitchen first and bathroom first which I think is interesting how I developed like a routine of how to do stuff but yeah and I think if we look through the aspirations for the sims so when you're creating your sims you can choose traits and you can choose aspirations for them right and and so for me, okay, let's have a look at some of these traits because I only really chose the same ones. In fact, I feel like I was making the same sim, but just with different names, you know? Um, okay, so there's creative. I really liked creative. There is art lover, bookworm, foodie geek, maker, music lover, perfectionist. Okay, let's talk about this a little bit. I actually chose a perfectionist trait so many times because the description said that they tend to do things a lot better than other sims. So I was like, well, I mean, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I think that says a little bit about my expectations about myself sometimes. But anyway, I would occasionally choose a perfectionist trait. The bookworm trait, I would choose not because I liked books necessarily, but because in order to learn skills on The Sims, there's a cooking skill, there's maybe a fishing skill, there's an art skill, music skill, um, athletic skill, there's all these skills. And one of the ways that you can develop that skill bar and reach it to its maximum is by reading these skill books. So it could be like cooking volume one, cooking volume two. In fact, one of the first things I would always do when I started The Sims 
and I started playing the family is I would get them to go to the bookstore and buy the books because I wanted them to learn the skills as fast as possible. Yeah, so there was always like a cooking one and I would make my sim read the cooking book and because they're a bookworm, they read books a lot faster than other sims. Um, so that's why I would choose that a lot. Okay, let's look at some other ones. There's Adventurist, Ambitious, it's also, I'm not going to list all of them, <laughs> Materialistic, Loves Outdoors, Lazy, Slob, Snob, Neat. These are really funny. I think, okay, this is under Lifestyle Traits. There's also Clumsy. I think sometimes I would choose one personality trait for my sim, so it might be Clumsy. Like, this does not benefit my sim whatsoever, other than give them mannerisms that are slightly realistic. Social traits. Evil is a social trait. <laughs> That's funny. Um, there's family orientated. There's good. So your sim is just a really good person. Um, jealous, loner, mean. Oh gosh, these are terrible. Self-absorbed, that's social traits. Um, we also have emotional traits. So this would be active, cheerful, creative, genius, gloomy, goofball, high maintenance, hot-headed, romantic, self-assured, unflirty. Unflirty? That's an emotional, that's a emotional trait? I've never... Why don't I remember this? Anyway, okay, I'm looking at Sims 4 traits, but still, a lot of these appeared in the previous games too. Okay, I just read something that I didn't know. Death traits are only given to Sims after passing away. They can be found in the Simology panel, and they describe how the Sim died and what new abilities they possess. These traits are... Oh my gosh, there's so many. Death by killer chicken. What does that mean? Death by laughter. <laughs> Death by puffer fish. Death by sunlight. That is an intense one. Okay, these are interesting. I don't know. I always chose traits that were like beneficial to what I wanted my sim to be, which usually was, I think I chose the teacher career path a lot actually, which is, I'm looking back at it in hindsight, I didn't even know that I wanted to be a teacher. But yeah, I would choose that. There's also, I think for children, there are different traits or there are less traits from what I remember, but I would always choose the traits um, consistently. And so all my sims were actually the same people. Something I did really appreciate about the sims though, I obviously I would build the house first, right? Um, but sometimes I would take so long building my house that I end up not wanting to play the family and I just kind of log off because I've spent so long building a house. It happens all the time and I think I can't decide if I wanted to build on the sims or if i wanted to play the families on the sims more um i think it kind of probably seesawed back and forth but the pros of just sometimes i just open the sims for interior design um other times obviously it's to play a family and just to get somewhere here's the thing about the sims and i'm sure it's not just me, but you open The Sims and you'll play it for maybe 14 hours a day, okay, for like, let's say a month. And then after that, you're done. You're good. You've satiated that need to play The Sims and you won't play for ages and you won't touch it for maybe even more months or even like a year. So like when you play it, you really play it. And then when you put it away, it's like, yes, it's really out of sight, out of mind. Um, the amount of times I've come back to the game and I don't remember what the family I made is and who they are 
and what their stories are. So I end up creating new families, but with obviously the same traits and the same um, aspirations and goals. So I would recycle families a lot. Like I have really bad memory of what happens in each family. Um, but I have some bizarre kind of scenarios that you guys have sent in in terms of your most kind of funny or weird or just odd observations are about your Sims and the families that you were looking after. Um, and I thought it'd be interesting to actually kind of go through some of them because they're really funny to me. So, okay, let's see. Let's see what we got. My friend Zoe said, A deranged sim fathered every single kid in a particular world via different mothers. Uh, this sounds like a documentary that actually exists. I, I don't want to search it up because it just sounds... Ugh, it does not sound great. Someone else said, Left my sim to sleep for the day and left my PC for a minute just to return to the entire house on fire. No! I actually had a massive fear of setting the house on fire, uh, mainly because... I could never control the fire in The Sims. And so every time before my Sim would reach maybe cooking level four, I wouldn't have a stove. I would just have a fridge and some countertops, but I would not give them a stove. I refused. Um, and then I think eventually down the line, I was like, okay, this is a little bit ridiculous. Maybe we should give them a stove. So um, yeah, there, there we go. That, there was some growth there that was needed, but I was always constantly scared of setting the house on fire for this reason i think it also happened to me before like i left my sims unattended and then there was a fire my sim died because she was too excited and could not handle her extreme emotions anymore honestly the sim high-key relatable except obviously it's like figuratively okay this one <laughs> is really funny werewolf sims marking their territory anytime anywhere with or without other sims around i'm guessing this is an expansion pack um i definitely have not encountered werewolf sims because i probably didn't have this expansion pack but that sounds really funny alien baby getting rested is one of them as well my sims gem was so red he took off all his clothes and sat in the middle of the road in anger <laughs> Juliet said, my brother just kept adopting babies. There were so many babies on the floor. Oh my gosh. Okay. This reminds me of when a sim kind of gives birth and there is a moment where they can't find a crib or there is no crib in the house. Then they'll just put the baby on the floor. Um, or if they're holding the baby and they in the middle of that want to do something else they'll just put the baby on the floor and it's like no i want you to put the baby in the crib so you have to manually actually select the crib and go put baby in crib remember that so vividly i also remember at some point i also had like a sim that would adopt so many babies that they were just on the floor all the time but not because there wasn't any cribs but because the sims just like to leave the babies on the floor that's just what it is the funniest thing is like yes this is a life simulation game but there are always these reactions from the sims that are just so you can tell it's a life simulation game so for example um you know how in real life if you are walking somewhere and something's in the way you might just like climb on top of it or like slide right through like the gap of it a sim cannot compute 
moving to another grid so like another space on the floor if there's something tiny blocking it like even the smallest thing it could be like a box of crayons and they'll wave their arms in the air and they're like yoohoo like i can't get through and they'll they'll stomp their feet and they'll like put their hands on their head and they'll look really distressed about it um which is i think one of the joys of just mimicking the sims behavior but yeah there's also that i think your stories a lot of people have weird experiences with the sims and i think that's completely valid yeah so there's that so i asked you guys what were some of the things that you learned from the sims because i mean for me i learned that i actually really like decorating places and spaces and i liked um interior design i just i just like seeing how things change up a space so here are some of the other things that you guys said someone said diversity existed absolutely tamia said the joys of decorating your own spaces and making them look good yep perfectly worded Oh my gosh, this one's a bit scary. That your sims can be abducted and just leave their cat behind? No! Oh, this one's interesting. Having total control over your life can sometimes get boring. Yeah, I agree. I think when my households were running perfectly on the sims, I would sometimes understimulated and then that's when I would kind of quit the game because I was like, okay, I've, I've done all that I need to do. I don't think there's anything else I want to do. There's not much to do. I'm not sure what else I can do. Um, so yeah, that's actually interesting. I like how you worded that. Having total control can actually be really boring and i like that we can learn it from the sims where there are no consequences in real life but in the sims world juliet said a fun fact or at least it was a fun fact to me because i didn't know it she said ghosts only happen if you move their graves i never knew that i would always move graves and i would get freaked out by ghosts so i mean this is the sole cause i had no idea um my friend natalie said that i actually have the endurance for like 14 hours just taking care of my sims yeah you get into a rhythm i think i remember when i used to play with my friend heidi when we were kids and we would just play sims in each other's houses she would actually say all of the commands out loud to herself so she'd be like she would just kind of repeat the words that were on the screen every time there was like an option selection and she kind of got into rhythm and i could see that rhythm and i also had that rhythm too when i played it i started saying the instructions out loud as well so you kind of do fall into this kind of pattern and that is kind of a form of resilience and patience and i think we kind of learned that through sims Sometimes I think about, you know, when was the last time I felt like I had that much autonomy over my own life and not like a simulation? There are literally no boundaries at all on The Sims for what you want to do. And sometimes it kind of does get brought into the real world if you want to make connections through your Sim and yourself. But other times it's a way to live vicariously and not carelessly but just without a filter like being able to do what you think your sim wants to do or maybe consequently what you want to do and to live vicariously when all you're doing in your life is not exactly living like the sims maybe it's studying maybe it's focusing on work it's a very escapist game is something that i will say but i think through this escapism we do learn quite a lot Talking about all this makes me want to play The Sims, and honestly, I think for this episode, I just wanted to relay just 
what this game is and like why it's still so memorable. I think the other day I was with my friend Heidi and we were just kind of being so nostalgic about all of these things about The Sims, you know, playing it, which version was maybe our favorite. My favorite is The Sims 2. Um, so for those of you who voted on the poll, I gotta say I voted for Sims 2. I mean, if you want to play The Sims, I would highly recommend getting an expansion pack because those are always fun. This is where I'm going to leave this episode for today here. Send me your insane sim stories because I would love to hear them. Speak soon. Wholeheartedly, Clara. <laughs>